0: thing of sun lotion. So go to page1books.com, page1 with the number 1. So page number 1books.com and check out my page1 book summer bundle. Buy it as a gift at housewarming, if you actually go somewhere or just give it to yourself. Everybody needs a treat. We've had a long spring. <laughs> page1books.com. Welcome to day 3 of my second week of my July book blast. So I guess technically this is day day 8 of my July book blast. <laughs> Today is beach reads Wednesday. I love beach reads. I wish I had more time to just sit on the beach and read as I'm sure we all do. But instead of that, I'm offering up all these amazing beach read books, which you should definitely check out this summer and beyond. Liz Fenton and Lisa Steinkey have been best friends for over 30 years. They are the co-authors of seven novels, including the Amazon charts bestseller, The Good Widow. Their most recent book, How to Save a Life, is a dark heart-pounding love story with a Groundhog Day twist. Lisa and Liz host the popular podcast, We Fight So You Don't Have To, and are monthly on-air contributors on their local news with Liz and Lisa's book club. In their former lives, Liz worked in the pharmaceutical industry, and Lisa was a talk show producer. They both reside with their families and several rescue dogs in Southern California. So welcome, Lisa and Liz, to Mom's Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe just announce who you are. I can see because I'm like watching you, but (laughs) whose voice is whose? This is Liz. This is Lisa. Thanks for having us. Excited to be here. So How to Save a Life is your latest novel. Can you tell listeners, please, what it's about? It's
3: about, it's a dark, heart-pounding love story, and it's about Dom and Mia. So 10 years ago, Dom and Mia were engaged and they broke up. So fast forward a decade and Dom runs into Mia at a coffee shop and he's kind of never really gotten over her. He always regretted breaking up with her and he hasn't really moved on. So he asks her out on a date. It's Tuesday. He asks her out for Thursday. They go out Thursday night to the San Diego County Fair and she dies on a ride. So obviously he's devastated he wakes up the next day, it's still Thursday, and he has another opportunity. So he's not quite sure what's going on, so he, he asks her, you know, they have their date, but obviously he planned something else. He doesn't take her to the carnival. He's like, maybe we shouldn't go, and mm-hmm. she dies again. So what happens after that is he's stuck in a time loop trying to save her life, trying to save what they had together, and then there's also different pieces of his life in that day that he's trying to figure out, almost like a puzzle he's trying to put
0: back together. And what made you, how did you come up with this? It's like sliding doors ish, but you know, it's like the yeah. same bad news over and over again. And like wanting to have a different outcome. Isn't that what they say? Like the definition of craziness is, I yes. feel like my, my therapist <laughs> yes, might've told me is. this at one point is like doing the same thing over and over, inspecting a different, expecting result, a different so. outcome. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. Our last book, the two Lila Bennetts was a sliding doors concept. So we had already tried that, but we were on vacation And we were trying to figure out, we're in the pool, we're drinking cocktails, we're trying to figure out what to do. And we first were going to do like a Groundhog Day twist, but with more of a suspense angle, like our previous books. And then we just, Liz got to talking about the Seven and a Half Lives of... A Death of Evelyn
3: Hardcastle. uh, Yeah, one of my favorite books. I just I had brought it on vacation, I just finished it.
2: Yeah, and so that book, you know, is a man who wakes up every day in a different person's body at a party. And so we kind of were talking about that and just tossing it around. And and we eventually came to this, you know, I guess just as a brainstorm goes. But we wanted it to be like lighter and more of a love story that we could play out in it
0: as well. And I was sort of struck, I feel like it's been a long time since I read a novel by two women from the point of view of a man. So when it started about like the bulge in his pants, I was like, Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just this story. Like, what's going on?
2: <laughs> that was Liz's line. She's notorious for <laughs> an opening line in a book, I have to say. Yeah. I have to yeah.
3: Thank you, Lisa. Our first, our debut novel, the opening line is my mouth tastes like ass. So we <laughs> you'll have to read to find out why. But yeah, you know, that was actually from a rewrite. That wasn't the original first line. And then when we went to edits with our publisher, we ended up re- kind of restructuring the first one-third of the of the way we were telling the story. And so we had to jump off from their engagement. And, you know, the first page, you know, as a reader and also an author, like the first page is so important to pull people in. Well, that's, I
2: think we're hoping that pulls people in. And it was also fun to write from a male point of view from the first, for the first time. I don't know if we were just shying away from it because we're not men and it's not as comfortable, but we just wanted to get out of our comfort zone and, and give it a try. And then we both kind of
3: ended up falling in love with him a little bit. (laughs) I I have a major crush on him. I mean, he's so but it was fun. I think, you know, we get bored and I think it's why like our first three books were magical realism. Then we just went to suspense and now we're back. I think that, you know, we pivot a lot good for good or bad, right? Like for, of our career, like we, we pivot. So I think with us, like you never really know like what you're going to get in a book because we always want to write what we love. And so we've just found when we don't do that, there's problems. So whether, like, we just write what we want to read and what we love in that moment, and we hope our audience will come along for the ride.
0: I feel like it's so easy to tell when somebody's not passionate about what they're writing about, right? It, you can feel the lack yeah. of fire behind it, really. Right. Even know, it's right. sort of intangible. But so how did the two of you originally get together? Have you been, like, what's your whole story? And how did you decide to start becoming co-authors?
2: We've known each other a very long time, 30 30- like four years or something, we're losing track at this point, but went to high school together and college together and roommates afterward. And, you know, just through the course of all that, just talked about it, but not really thinking it was ever going to actually happen. Just like one of those things, because we've always been like voracious readers since we were very young. And and so it was, these authors inspired us, but, you know, we never thought it was going to happen. And then one day, I don't even know, out of the blue, like 15 years into our friendship, I brought it up again and I had written something and I sent it to her and the rest is kind of history. Like we just did not expect it, but we're so happy it actually ended up taking off.
0: That's amazing. And talk about all of your external support for the book community at large and how you're on the San Diego show and all the rest of it. And the yes. original influencers, essentially.
3: <laughs> so, we're, as Lisa mentioned, we're huge readers and we're huge hand girls of authors. And so, you know, long before we were champion books before we got our first book deal, and then and now we continue that. We do. We're lucky enough to have on our local news, we have a monthly book club segment every month where we get to talk about books. And we have a podcast, We Fight So You Don't Have To, which is about us, but we also talk about books. But we also, you know, we <laughs> bicker, we're like sisters, so we, we're we hoping people can learn from our mistakes. We're also partnering with Warwick's Bookstore in La Jolla, who's our local independent bookstore for a couch surfing book tour, we connected with them right when COVID happened. And we're like, how can we help? Like, What can we do? And so twice a week, we have authors on and talk about their books. And that's been really rewarding and really fun and it's fun to help the authors who have their books coming out, and and they're disappointed. And it's been great to partner with Warwick's, who we adore, and hopefully drive some book sales for them. So, right, Lise. I mean, I think it's, yeah, it's been really rewarding in like this. Yeah, dark it's kind of
2: nice to be on the in, in the other seat sometimes because there's so many books to grammars and 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 people like you that are just so supportive of us. And so we're always thinking about what we can do to give back. So it's a reciprocal situation because we wouldn't be where we are without the Instagram bookstagram community for sure. So it is nice to
0: give back a little bit too. So tell me about your fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Let let me hear some of these fights. Give me like a few examples. How how different and dirty are these fights? What are we talking here?
3: (laughs) Well, we've, we've gotten a lot better. So, you know, this is evolution, right? I think we've been writing together at this point about 10 years writing together. We've been friends for 34. We're really like family. You know, I think, and Lisa, I'll let you speak to this, but I think transitioning from a friendship to running a business together is a really interesting thing, especially with something creative like writing. But Lisa, you always do a good job. Yeah.
2: well, thank you, Liz. See, that's, you're is, welcome. Like, you See, know, we've that's a perfect example yeah, of like, how far we've come. Yeah, there's there's been some door slamming. There's been a lot of like just emotions that kind of we can't control over the years. And it was never really in regard to what we were going to write about or anything like that. It was just other stuff. It's kind of like a marriage when you're, you know, fighting about the toilet paper, but it's not really about the toilet paper. And it took us many, many years to figure out that this wasn't just a friendship. It was a business relationship too. And we'd never sat down and had a conversation about how different we are and how that was going to play into our writing process. And so a few years ago everything kind of came to a head and we talked about maybe not continuing because we couldn't figure out what the problem was. There had been so much tension and and we'd had a really rough edit and some other things that happened in our personal lives at the same time. And so it just all kind of came together. And we had to step back and just start talking about our business and our roles in that. And once we kind of ironed all that out, we've, we've gotten to a much better place. I'm not saying we don't ever have an argument, but we definitely have avoided many, I think, as a result.
1: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
0: dot com slash moms don't have time.
3: I think too, if I could add, Lisa, I, I think one thing you've got. <laughs> thank you. I think one thing <laughs> we've gotten better at is I think it's like a seesaw and we lose the balance. Like sometimes we're just all business all the time. And we kind of forget that we're best friends who like having a good time together. And I think we've gotten better at balancing those things because it just became like all business. Well, we're still friends that need each other and need that support and need to talk about like. Our teenagers being idiots, or like whatever. Sorry, teenagers, if you're listening, but they're not listening. They're idiots. They do not care what we're doing. They're not listening, and they are (laughs) idiots, but uh, at least mine are. But, you know, I think we, I think the best thing we've done, probably, and honestly, probably just in the last six months, I think we've gotten better. I mean, that's how, like, we're always evolving, is getting better at. That balance of friendship versus business, and so we're—I think—we're both a lot more fulfilled with each other. We sound like we're married, like, and we're in therapy. I know we do,
2: or like in couples counseling or something. It's really getting. Tell tell me more about (laughs) that. Yeah, (laughs) let's uh,
0: let's move on. Let's talk more about the fight. I had the lovely ladies who wrote the book called Work Wife on my show, Lara and Erica, and you should like maybe just pick that book up because it's all about this. It's about how to navigate the complexity of female friendship at the same time as running a business together. Oh to. yeah. That sounds, that's
2: going to be helpful because we're yeah. always, always learning.
0: I also feel that like creating, being creative together is different. It's not like you guys are producing sweaters or something, right? Like it's oh, your, it's stuff right. that usually lives in somebody's head and to make that a joint production. That's tricky. Like I'm in such awe of all co-authors, right? Like who writes what, how do you do it? Like, how do you actually do it? Do you use Google docs or do you get together in person? Like, do you switch chapters? How how do you, how did you do How to (laughs) Save a Life? We do not get together in person. (laughs) The
2: nanny diary girl told us once that they sit at a computer together and like write every line together. And, and Greer Hendricks and Sarah Pekkanen are like on a a call all the time, like doing their lines together. And we're just, we're very different than that. We, we separately will write, so I'll write a chapter and this is just what we came up with years ago and it's just never changed. So I open a Word document, I write a chapter, I send it to Liz, she'll edit it and send it back. And we do keep passing it back and forth until we feel like it's in a good place. And then Liz will write a chapter and then we'll We'll just do the whole book that way, and we, as far as like what we're gonna put in each chapter, we do sit down and kind of map out maybe five or six chapters at a time, but it's still very loose. It's up to the person writing the chapter. there's a goal to accomplish within it, but it's up to them how to get to that goal so I don't know, it just works for us. I know there's like fancy like writing tools online and and things like that, but we're just we're old school we're dot girls until the very end, and then we do move over to dropbox i do use dropbox that's new yes that's new and then we do google doc at the end because during edits you just we used to edit separately and send it back and forth and then one day someone was like there's something called google docs and i'm like oh my god that's that's great so
0: (laughs) i think it was one of our kids the other day i accidentally deleted like my whole team's google doc with like the entire schedule of like every. (laughs) Podcast and every everything because I'd like to leave with someone funny. who left our business. I didn't know that like it, it was attached anyway. Oh so God, mental note: if you ever change your email address or something, oh like, yeah, save oh, that save that, that document. Would, that would be you can get it. You can get it back. You can get it back <laughs> okay. after the mistake for a little okay. bit. Okay. Anyway, just heads up on the the Google Docs front. So in terms of when you generate new ideas, I know you said this one, you were just like hanging in the pool and it just came to you. Is it always like that? Like, it seems like you guys just have such an easy report that things just like bubble up. But do you ever, like, do you ever get stuck on like one of you wants to write something really badly and the other one is like, no, I don't want to write that book?
2: Well, a cruise ship idea.
0: You could tell. Oh, well, yeah. The dueling piano people, but anyway.
3: Well, <laughs> typically we'll throw out a, a lot of ideas. And I think at this point, like she knows if I'm into an idea and I know if she's like, she's mentioning the cruise ship. We went on a trip to Europe two years ago with our families and we were on a cruise ship. And I really want, there was these dueling piano people and the the guy and the girl clearly, there was a sense, there was something going on, like their tension every night. And I was really into it. Maybe I was just drunk every night when we were there and I really wanted, but I could tell. I could tell she wasn't into it. So so I dropped it and she wanted to do this weird Blake Crouch ripoff book because I was in the pharmaceutical industry for 20 years and she knew I wasn't into it. And so we don't argue about it. We kind of just move on because when the right idea, and I'm getting goosebumps as I say this, when the right idea comes, we both know. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it's something that intangible and I don't even know how to explain it, but we both know it's like, yes, we're writing that. Mm -hmm. Let's go. In, in the creative, at least I mentioned earlier, the creative is not what we fight about. We fight about like someone sending an eyeball emoji in a text and you're like, what are you trying to say? Like, wait, well, the eyeball emoji, like, you know, we're, like we're dumb. Like we fight about <laughs> stupid stuff when we're cranky or frustrated with our kids or something and we take it out on each other.
0: I love how in this book, your character Dom is always wondering what people are thinking, like analyzing the relationships between everybody else. Like I'm always doing that myself. Like mm-hmm. if I'm on vacation and you're like, Ooh, is that, yeah. is that the nanny or who? Could yeah. that oh, be? we do that. All the time. Well, I had that
2: exact, I was just on vacation. I had that exact, is that the nanny situation? And my husband and I, it was like five days and we still don't know. Was it the nanny <laughs> or was it the mom?
0: We do not know. But yeah, I think sometimes I even do that to myself. Like, what must people think? I wonder if other people are wondering if this is my nanny Mm -hmm. or if this is my sister. And if they would ever be able to guess that it's actually like my sister-in-law or I don't know, whatever it is. (laughs) But it's so great to give like a trait like that to the character and as like a journalistic tool for how he like sees the world and everything. Anyway. Yeah. Thanks for noticing that. Relatable. Yeah. That was, that was a fun little thing to put in for him. Do you believe, I know this is like a bigger sort of fate-based question, but do you believe that things are meant to happen? Like Mia's going to die every day no matter what happens, and that's just fate, or that we are actually in control of what's going on on a fundamental Mm. level? I feel like this I, I is more
2: your
3: wheelhouse,
2: Liz. Yeah, I, I like knew. I was it. watching your yeah.
3: eyes. I, 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 knew, I knew you were going to pass this one to me. You know, <laughs> I think it's both. I think that sometimes the things are meant to be, but I also think our energy and our attitude determines like what we're attracting to ourselves. And I tell my kids this all the time, you know, if you say I'm going to fail or I'm going to do this, well, you're sending all that energy to there. So I don't know if this is even an, I think it's a little bit of both. I think the universe, I think sometimes things are faded, but I do think we have control over attracting positive energy for positive results in our own, in our own life. And it's something that we try to do a lot. You should see we have a whole manifestation boards like in our minds, I'm pointing here to mine's right here and really try to attract that positive energy and bring it to other people and, Situations, because who knows, right? You might as well just be positive, because we don't, we don't really know,
0: right? Very true. Do you have any advice to aspiring authors? Ooh,
2: yeah, I would say write what you want to write first and foremost. Do not try to chase the market. Do not try to write what the latest hit book was. Like that was a mistake we made very early on, and that's why it took us three manuscripts to eventually get there. So
3: that would be my advice. I'll throw it to Liz now. Yeah, I would say just keep writing. I mean, we, as Lisa mentioned, we got our book deal with Simon & Schuster on our third manuscript. And it had been five years and we both were pretty successful in our own careers, Lisa and TV. And, and, and I mentioned myself in Pharma, but I was done. And Lisa really pushed that she wanted to write one more book. And had we not done that, we wouldn't be here. I mean, I was like, hey, i'm I'm really good at this, and this is a great job, And I don't know. I mean, I have two kids. I don't know if I need to do this. And so I think you have to push through that. I'm mentoring someone right now who's in their third manuscript, and I'm really pushing them because they're talented or pushing her because she's talented, and it just reminds me so much of us. So I just think that that I think people forget too, that even as published authors, like we're dealing with rejection. All the time, and I think they think once they get on this path of being a published writer, like they never get rejected again, and it's like amazing. And I'm like, oh no, 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 you're going to still get rejected all the time in all these little ways, and that's just part of life and part of this business. So I think that that aspiring writers need to remember that 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 you're always be you're always being rejected. It's just you just got to push through it.
0: Very true. I've actually decided that I think I'm gonna start taking a survey because it seems like everybody who sells a novel has had two rejected first or two like it just seems that way. Like or a bunch
2: of yeah or a bunch of rejections before they ultimately finally got there. But it was like 50, 60 in like a JK Rowling or whatever. Right. So yeah, you just it's true. You just have to keep pushing forward. I'm sure there's a lot of us who have manuscripts sitting in the drawer,
0: you know. So what's your next next project? What are you working on next? What's it about? It is, well, we can't talk about it too much because we're kind of, we're
3: just finishing it up and we're not sure what's going to happen with it. But it is in the same vein as How to Save a Life. And we have, we don't even have like a set title. So, but it's it's in the same vein. And we write a lot about regret and fate. And and actually to your question that you asked, it it kind of asks that question. That's really the narrative mm-hmm. question of the book. And I hadn't thought about it that way, but so thank you. But it's really is, is something faded, or can you control it? And that's the premise of the entire
0: entire book. Ooh, well, I can't wait to read that one. <laughs> awesome. We're excited for you to read it. Oh, good. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks for all the stuff you also do for authors. I, yeah. I am so glad to be joined by people who enjoy interviewing other authors as much as I do. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's super fun. So, well,
3: thank you for all that you, you do. It's amazing. And, and we're so appreciative. And thank you for having us today.
0: My pleasure. All right. Thank take you. care. Bye. Thank thank ladies. Okay. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this Beach Read on Beach Read's Wednesday, part of my July Book Blast. Thanks so much to Page One Books for sponsoring today's episode. I hope you'll all check out my summer beach bundle at pageonebooks.com. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing, and thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You can always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com.
3: Planning for your next trip.